Um, sacrifice their bond, their love, their attachment with their relatives for the sake of Allah, which is easier said than done. It's kind of a slightly sensitive issue, but if you listen carefully, hopefully, inshallah, you'll understand what I'm saying. So, let's take Nuh Nuh had children. One of his children did not accept Islam. He was not on the ship, on the ark with Nuh so this story is mentioned in the Quran. And then Nuh because of his fondness, his emotional and blood link with his son. Now, you can't break that bond. It's not humanly possible. If you're related by blood, that's it, finished, khalas. You're related forever, even on the day of judgment, even in Jannah, you're related. So now, which father is going to see his own son perish and die in kufr, in front of his own eyes? You have to understand this background. Because sometimes we read the stories, yeah, maybe not a big deal. It is a big deal if you are the subject of the conversation. And alhamdulillah, mashallah, in this country we have so many converts. And you must relate to their pain. You must relate to their suffering when they know their people, the people who are related, related to them by blood, they're not Muslim. Now you must appreciate how they feel. So Allah gave us examples. All the prophets are examples of real life. They're not some abstract philosophy. They give us real life examples, real life role models. That Nuh loves his son dearly. But he's not a Muslim. And he doesn't board the ship. Nuh is the first time in history where there is an example of a son not following his father in deen. So Nuh al-Islam asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what about my son? You told me that my family will be spared. This one Nuh is saying, but you didn't spare him. So he's not complaining, he's asking a question. What does Allah say? Ya Nuh innahu laysa min ahlik. He's not from your family. He's not from your family, the, the family of believers. Now you can imagine the pain that Nuh is feeling as Allah is saying this to him. Bring it into the human context, not into the theory or the abstract. The Nuh is pained when he hears that Allah is saying this. But what does he do? Does he challenge God? Does he rebel against him? Does he say, no, he is my son. You have to save him. You told me so. This is the example I want to bring forward. 
that the prophets sacrifice their emotion for the sake of Allah. This is emotional. This is very serious. Now imagine that if something like that happened to anybody, they'd go into a very severe depression. They'll probably get some mental illness. But Nuh being very resolute sees that Allah is making a point. Allah says, إِنَّهُ عَمَلٌ غَيْرُ صَالِحٌ His actions are not good. And then Allah says, فَلَا تَسْأَلْنِ مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ Don't ask me about something you know nothing of. No human, know, no human being knows what's going to happen to that human being or any human being after they die because we haven't been there. There's no data. There's no empirical evidence that this is what happens to human beings when they go to their grave or what this was going to happen on the day of judgment. Nobody knows that. Allah subhanahu wa says, He is Maliki He is the owner of the day of judgment. Judgment belongs to Allah. So Allah subhanahu is saying to Nuh, you're judging him, and I'm judging him, and I'm the only judge. This is one example where a father has to sacrifice his love for his son. Because Allah says, I know what's going to happen to him. You don't know what's going to happen to him. Nuh as a Nabi doesn't challenge God. He doesn't rebel against him because of this news. He concedes. He acquiesces. He resigns and he submits, which is the meaning of Islam. You submit to the will of Allah. And then when everybody else comes on to the ship, and they're saved and they come back down onto the land. Nuh doesn't make a fuss ever. Doesn't go back to God and complain again that you didn't save my son. Because there are rules for salvation. And those rules apply to prophets as they apply to all human beings. They're not exempt. And Allah gave Nuh as example. It is what it is. Bismillah. We hope for the best. Now this is the example of a son. And the example of a father. Ibrahim And we can go on and on. We won't have enough time to finish this conversation here today. Ibrahim Allah, his father does not approve of his behavior and his judgment on Tawheed. Because his father, his family, they were manufacturing idols. They would manufacture idols, put them in the temple, and they would worship the idols. And Ibrahim al-Islam's father was part of the whole culture, the whole society. He doesn't accept Islam. Now imagine, your own father is now destined not to go to Jannah. How would you feel? You would feel that emotional burden. 
You'll be sad beyond despair. Okay? You see the resolve of a Nabi? He doesn't complain. Allah tells him where his father is going. He doesn't rebel. He acquiesces. So now, in the light of our conversation with people here, in this country, we all want everybody to go to Jannah. There's no doubt. Alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring everybody to Jannah. But you don't have the prerogative to judge. Who is the judge? Allah. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing a Nabi of his through wahi, which is knowledge absolute, knowledge conclusive, knowledge beyond any doubt, then what do the Anbiya do? What do the Prophets do? Do they start rationalizing? Do they start justifying? Do they start rebelling and arguing, confrontational? This is the meaning of Islam at his best. We submit to the will of Allah. If your will is that this person's going there, then we have no say, we have no prerogative. At the same time, we appreciate the human suffering and the emotion that these people go through. So we're not insensitive, but we have to be firm with our qidah. Because when we say someone is going to Jannah or hell, we are playing God. We can't play God, we only worship Allah. We take news from the Prophet ﷺ about Allah, from the Qur'an which came to the Prophet ﷺ. As I said, it is easier said than done to condemn people to hell. At the same time, Allah's judgment is final. It is what it is. Nuh submitted. Ibrahim submitted about his father. Then you have two other prophets, Lut and Nuh also again. That their own wives did not accept their message. Their own wives, their life companions did not accept the message of Nuh and Lut. Now how do you think they felt? Well, oh, it's nonchalant. Allah does what he No, they were emotionally attached. That is the sacrifice. That is the standard of Islam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for the prophets. That is why they are role models. There again, both of them submit. They don't complain, they don't rebel. They don't bring in any rationale or logic or intellectual discussion into the conversation they say this is Allah's will finished khalas end of story but we are in pain now you can't go into Jannah without some sacrifice Allah says in the Quran am hasibtum an tadkhulul jannata wa lam ya'tikum mathalul ladina khalu min qablikum you think you go into Jannah without any kind of sacrifice that Jannah is now you just cruise and breeze through life is a, is a walk in the park and you have nothing. No. Allah will test you. And he will see where you are, how you are, and who do you believe, and who do you trust, and who do you depend on, and who do you submit to, and who do you follow. That's all sacrifice. 
There is the Anbiya Islam being tested with their loved ones. And then obviously, you have our Prophet Sayyidul Anbiya Muhammad he's been tested by his own uncle. The one who defended him in public, in private. The reason why he was still alive is because of Abu Talib. His own uncle, his flesh and blood. The one who raised him. When it came to his Iman and Hidayah, Allah was very, very stern. Allah reveals an ayah. So the Prophet is pleading to Allah. My uncle, my uncle. Allah says, you can't guide whom you love. Guidance is not in your hands. The result of da'wah is in the hands of Allah. You give da'wah, you call people, the consequence, the result is Allah's, not yours. Oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah guides whomever he wants there again. The ultimate sacrifice of the Prophet that my champion, my protector, the one who is everything to me and my mission, he doesn't accept what I'm saying. There's no way for me to introduce a drug or inject him with Islam. I can't do that. I'm a Nabi. I'm a servant of Allah. I'm human. I don't have divine prerogatives. So that's the challenge for Muslims living in this country. The idea of judgment is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we follow the rules of Islam. Whatever Islam says in the theology, in the aqidah. Do we feel for those people? Of course. Should we be sensitive towards those people whose families might not be there? We don't know will be there in the first place. We should be. But at the same time, you can't change Islam because you are emotionally feeling for those people. You can't change the rules of Islam. You don't change your goalpost. So there's a reason why we call, we call people Christian. There's a reason why we call people Jews. And there's a reason why we call people Hindus, because they are different. They're not buried in the same cemetery as Muslims. They are different. But does that mean we have to go out and kill everybody? No. Does that mean that we have to be insensitive? No. It means that you remain Muslim. You submit to the will of Allah, which is a huge sacrifice. It goes against your feelings, emotions. It goes against your culture of accommodation. The liberal agenda. Accommodate everybody. It goes against that too. Should it now disturb you? No. So now what's the answer? The answer is twofold. One is that we have a mass agenda to convert people so that they go into Jannah. That's a tall order. And the other is to make dua, which is a very simple order. But we can't change Islam. Why? Because then all the sacrifices of Nuh, all the sacrifices of Ibrahim, and all the sacrifices of our Habib Muhammad will be naught. 
They'll be nullified. They'll be voided. They won't make any sense whatsoever. And there's no reason for us to say that we know where these people will be because we don't. Fir'aun is asking Musa as Musa is introducing his mission message of Islam to Fir'aun. Fir'aun is asking, What's going to happen to the previous people? Musa Islam gives an answer which is spectacular. He says, I have no knowledge where they're going to be. My Lord knows about them because he's documented that. Allah's knowledge is documented in a book, a divine book. I have no knowledge. I can only tell you what Allah tells me. I can't speculate about anybody. This is the way the Muslim mind and mindset must be in order for Islam to flourish here in this country. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq and guide us to the best. Ameen ya rabbal alamin.